Good Wednesday morning. The U.S. now set to respond to that deadly drone attack in the Middle East. The question, what will it look like? It's January 31st. Good morning. This is Today. Ready to retaliate. President Biden saying he holds Iran responsible for the deaths of three American soldiers and has made a decision on what's next. How and when will the U.S. take action with fears of a wider war escalating quickly? Breaking overnight, House Republicans one step closer to impeaching the Secretary of Homeland Security over the border crisis. Secretary Mayorkas' actions have forced our hand. A move Democrats call a stunt and a sham. In a process akin to throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. We'll have the latest in what it means for that bipartisan border security deal in the works. Historic hearing. The CEOs of some of the world's most popular social media companies called to Capitol Hill today. Lawmakers and parents saying they are failing to do enough to keep children safe online. We're there live. Flood fears. Tens of millions up and down the West Coast on alert for torrential rain. Owls tracking the storms and where they're headed. Those stories plus cup craze concerns. Do those wildly popular Stanley tumblers. I got a Stanley! Come with a risk of lead poisoning. What the company is saying and what anyone who owns them needs to know. And Golden. It still hasn't sunk in yet. It took two years, but Team USA's figure skating stars are finally being honored as the gold medal winners of the Beijing Olympics, and they're on their way to celebrate with us live in Studio 1A today, Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you along with us on a Wednesday morning. I think gold medals are like fine wine. They get better with age. Yes, they do. Two years is not too late, and we're going to crown U.S. figure skating today with those gold medals. We've been waiting for them to come on our plaza and receive their accolades, so we're going to be happy to receive them. It's going to be an exciting time. Meantime, check out what's just sitting off the West Coast. we got a pair of storms, so-called atmospheric rivers, set to bring heavy rain and flooding to the region over the next few days before heading east. We're going to get the full forecast from Al in just a moment. But we're going to begin once again this morning with the fallout from those deadly drone attacks in Jordan. President Biden now saying he has decided how the U.S. will respond. What he did not say, of course, was what that response will be, if it will involve the military, when and where it could happen. All highly secretive details at this moment. Indeed, the president did stress he is not looking for a wider war in the Middle East. And he made those comments. After he spoke with families of three of the U.S. soldiers who were killed in Sunday's attack. Let's get the latest from NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, who is in Iraq this morning near the Iranian border. Keir, good morning. Savannah, good morning. This morning, U.S. officials are describing this as a campaign that could last for weeks, telling our Pentagon team it's expected to include Iranian targets outside of Iran, that there are likely to be kinetic and cyber operations, and that the targets will be in multiple places, several countries and locations. President Biden under intense pressure this morning after confirming he has decided how to respond to the weekend's deadly drone strike on a U.S. base. Yes. The three American service members were killed by the explosives-laden drone that evaded defenses at their base in Jordan. The leader of one group, strongly suspected of the attack, saying it's suspending military operations in the region, 
Likely a reaction to expected U.S. strikes. The U.S. skeptical the attacks will stop. Actions speak louder than words. While the president is still wary of a growing conflict. I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. He was pressed by NBC's Gabe Gutierrez whether he blames Iran for the attacks. I do hold them responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. But a different group, supported by Iran, striking the U.S. again overnight. The Houthis firing an anti-ship cruise missile towards the Red Sea. Shot down by a U.S. destroyer, the USS Gravely, the Pentagon says. Tensions and the fallout from the war in Gaza growing on multiple fronts, while the families of the service members killed in the strikes in Jordan are still reeling. The army announcing two of those killed, Kennedy Sanders and Brianna Muffet, have been posthumously promoted to the rank of sergeant, recognising their exceptional courage. I just want to say thank you to everybody that sent us prayer requests. So we just want to say thank Thank all of So heartbreaking for those families. And in the meantime, Kier, word that Iran has released a new warning this morning about any potential retaliatory attack from the U.S. What have you heard? That's right, Savannah. The commander of Iran's Revolutionary Guard saying, quote, we hear threats coming from American officials. We tell them that we've already te- they've already tested us and we now know one another. No threat will be left unanswered. U.S. officials telling NBC News that the targets have not yet been uh, finalized. But Savannah, underscoring the multidimensional nature of the challenge here for President Biden, the director of the CIA, saying this week that the crisis in Gaza, he believes, has emboldened Iran. Savannah. Kier Simmons in the Middle East for us. Thank you. Let's now turn to breaking news overnight in the border battle. House Republicans taking a key step in their push to impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security, who they say has refused to enforce immigration laws. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles joins us. He's got details. Walk through what happened, uh, Ryan. Yeah, Hoda, good morning. And this happened while most of us were sleeping. Shortly after 1 a.m. and after roughly 15 hours of debate, House Republicans on the Homeland Security Committee voted to advance two articles of impeachment against the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, they, uh, that's bringing him closer to becoming the first secretary in nearly 150 years to be impeached. Now, the articles charge Mayorkas with breaching public trust and willfully ignoring the law by failing to enforce immigration policies at the border, with Republicans pointing out that it's led to more than 8.6 million migrant crossings, which is a record. Now, Democrats have said this is a political stunt. And Mayorkas, who did not appear at the hearing, calling the accusations baseless in a letter, adding that they, quote, do not rattle me. Hoda. So what, what do you think the timeline is on that House vote? What are you expecting? So, Hoda, we do expect that the vote on the full House floor is expected next week, and it likely will only pass if Republicans avoid just two defections because of their razor-thin majority. Now, Mayorkas is not expected to be convicted in the Senate, but a trial during the general election further puts the spotlight on the issue that Republicans and former President Trump will help his campaign. At least he's hoping it'll help his campaign. And that's why the former president is attempting to kill that bipartisan border deal in the Senate. Democrats are slamming Republicans for impeaching Mayorkas over failing to take sufficient action at the border 
all while opposing legislation to do just that. Now, a vote on the deal is expected next week as well, but it still has little chance to pass in the House. That according to the Speaker, Mike Johnson, who has spoken to Mr. Trump about this, but he called it absurd when he was asked whether or not he's doing it to help Trump's campaign. Hold up. All right. Ryan Nobles for us there at the Capitol. Ryan, thank you. Intense new fighting has erupted in Gaza, where Israeli forces are now flooding a network of tunnels used by Hamas. Israel also facing questions after carrying out a dramatic raid inside a hospital and all of it adding to the uncertainty that surrounds a proposed hostage deal. NBC's Matt Bradley following all those strands from Tel Aviv this morning. Matt, good morning to you. Good morning, Savannah. Well, negotiations to free those remaining hostages in the Gaza Strip are coming along, but slowly. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with the families of some of those six American hostages yesterday to reassure them of the administration's commitment to bring them home. Today, growing fallout after that daring Israeli raid in a West Bank hospital that killed three Palestinians. Commandos disguised as doctors and medics, even carrying a wheelchair and a baby doll as props. One of the slain fighters was from Hamas, and two were from Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the group said in statements. The Palestinian Authority called it a massacre, and human rights groups said hospitals should be off-limits from war. Israel said the militants were using the hospital as a hideout as they planned terror attacks. Hospitals should not be used for that purpose, and once they are being used for that purpose, they don't have any immunity. As fighting continues on multiple fronts, there were new strikes in northern Gaza. While the world waits on word from Hamas on a long-awaited hostage negotiation deal. But Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu yesterday rejecting two key Hamas priorities, saying Israel won't withdraw the Israel Defense Forces from the Gaza Strip and won't release thousands of terrorists. Netanyahu has faced mounting pressure from the hostages' families, who've protested for months, demanding their loved ones return. But some right-wing Israeli politicians have opposed a deal that might put prisoners back on the streets. So we are basically looking at a situation where you have to ask yourself, what's the limits? Where do you draw the line? Because the extortion could be potentially um, uh, endless. And we may be seeing some progress on the Palestinian side. Hamas has said they've been invited to Cairo to continue talks on this deal. Savannah? Matt Bradley in Tel Aviv. Thank you. Now to a first on Capitol Hill today. Five CEOs of some of the most popular social media companies called before Congress to face tough questions about child safety on their platforms. NBC's senior national correspondent Kate Snow joins us right there from Capitol Hill in that hearing room. Hey, Kate, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. We expect this room to be filled with parents later this morning who have lost children after something happened to them on a social media site. The CEOs of Meta and TikTok are appearing voluntarily, but the CEOs of Snapchat X and Discord have never testified before, and they were forced to come today after the committee subpoenaed them. The hearing, supposed to focus on the dangers of children seeing sexual content or being exploited, but we expect a wide range of topics. This morning, the top bosses of Meta, TikTok, Snapchat, X, and Discord called before Congress to answer for what lawmakers call a crisis for America's kids, sexual exploitation happening through those platforms. The numbers that come back to us tell us the exploitation of children is growing by leaps and bounds. And what are we doing about it? We're clinging to an old law which basically exempts this industry from liability. 
NBC News reached out to all five companies who say they are committed to keeping kids safe on their platforms and plan to outline their safety measures at today's hearing. But for some, these measures haven't gone far enough. We sat down with a young woman named Ellen outside Dallas. In 2019, when she was 14, she joined Snapchat and started chatting with a person she thought was a teen like her, but was actually an older man. He ever send you photos? Yes. Inappropriate photos? Mm-hmm. Naked photos? Yes. More than once? Correct. Snapchat says in part, what happened to Ellen is horrific, illegal, and against our policies, and we work diligently to prevent predators from misusing and abusing Snapchat. But parent advocacy groups say more needs to be done, and not just in cases of sexual exploitation, but with harassment and bullying, issues of body image, mental health, and drug sales. Sam Chapman organized dozens of parents who will be at the hearing today wearing black and holding photos of the children they lost after incidents involving social media. We first told the story of his son Sammy in 2021. He was 16 when a drug dealer connected with him on Snapchat and gave him a counterfeit pill containing fentanyl. Sammy overdosed in his bedroom. I interviewed his parents just days later. He was on the floor and gone. I'm so sorry. Today, Sam Chapman wants all the CEOs put under pressure. What we're hoping is that there's some very pointed questions about why they're letting so many children die on their platforms, why they're letting so many children be abused on their platforms without changing. So minus the CEOs who are going to be there today, is there any legislation in Congress that Congress is doing right now to address this issue, Kate? Hoda, there are several bills, actually, all meant to protect kids online. What's unclear is whether any of them will actually move through Congress. Snapchat has endorsed one piece of legislation called the Kids Online Safety Act. And today we're going to hear the new head of X say that they also think that bill should advance. All the CEOs are going to tout the work that they're doing to protect kids. But there are clearly gaps, Hoda. All these companies will let you sign up with a birthday that they never verify. Mm -hmm. That's how that adult was able to pretend to be a teenager and talk to that young woman, Ellen. And we're going to have more on her story tonight on Nightly News. Yeah, it's interesting that some of the CEOs volunteered to come and others had to be subpoenaed. All right, Kate Snow for us covering that. Thank you, Kate. All right, about quarter after, it brings Craig to the table. Craig, Savannah Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. The economy in the spotlight today as the Federal Reserve will be holding its first meeting of the year. And after signaling that Three interest rate cuts would be coming in 2024. That is a meeting that is being closely watched by Wall Street and by consumers as well. NBC's senior business correspondent, Christine Romans, is here wearing her her Fed outfit, Money Green. green. <laughs> money Green. Uh, so we expect the interest rate decision today. We don't expect yeah. that they're going to cut rates. A lot of the key indicators over the last few months have been positive. Yes. So why not cut rates now? Because I think the Fed was thinking the economy would start to slow a little bit and then it could start to cut those interest rates to goose the economy. But the economy hasn't slowed. So we'll be looking for the Fed chief today. He'll have a press conference. Will they indicate that the next move will be a cut? They don't need to be so worried about inflation anymore. Every word he says will be so closely monitored for what it means for your interest rates, for your mortgage rates. And we're hoping that those are going to fall later this year. Speaking of falling, we've seen housing prices start to come down a little bit. That's a good green shoot to stick with Mm -hmm. the the color theme here. (laughs) And also consumer confidence high, which is 
unusual because people have been kind of grumpy about the economy the last few years. I think they might be shaking off their vibe session. They're feeling a little bit better. They can see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of uh, maybe inflation and they see still a strong job market. So that consumer confidence, that was a two year high for consumer confidence. And I don't usually cheer when, you know, home mm-hmm. prices go down, but they have been so stubbornly high keeping a lot of people out of the market along with those high mortgage rates. So a little bit of decline in that home prices was something that people actually liked to see a little bit. It was pretty red hot in the housing market. You know, a lot of the tough times, UPS just announced those dramatic cuts. We saw Sports Illustrated cut a whole bunch of people. So although there is some good news, there are a lot of people who are saying, yeah, but not for me. Yeah, you've got this big economic machine that is the American economy. And in that machine, there are parts that are, uh, you know, clunking along here. And UPS is one of those. The CEO said it was a disappointing year. Package volumes were down. Um, Remember, they had that labor issue in the summer. They had to give everybody all those big raises. So they're cutting like, I think, 12,000 jobs and telling their office workers, you're coming in five days a week, get ready for it. That's going to happen. So yes, even when I say overall, the economy is doing well, we have an economic growth machine right now. You do see these pockets that explain why people don't feel so great about it sometimes. Thanks for seeing Let's get our first check of the weather from Mr. Roker. What's up? Hey, guys, good morning and good morning to you. Let's see what we've got going on. All eyes out west as we've got this atmospheric river bringing heavy rain and snow into the Pacific Northwest and the West Coast as well. 25 million under wind alerts, a million under winter weather alerts. And from Northern California all the way to Southern California, 22 million people under flood alerts as well. This Pacific Pacific storm is going to move in today, bringing heavy rain into California. It's going to be an enhanced risk of flooding from California all the way up to Oregon. Tomorrow, snow starts to pile up in the Sierra. They need it. Areas of drenching rain down near Los Angeles. Snow will spread into the Rockies, rain soaking the desert. Look for scattered showers continuing tomorrow into California. Some areas picking up to six to ten inches of rain along the northern California coastline on into Oregon up to four feet in the highest peaks of the Cascades, but they are below where they should be for their snowpack. Why? Well, we've got a warm El Nino, and those storms have been more warmer. They've been warmer, producing more rain than snow. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right. Thanks, Al. Al, thank you so much. Stella had those wildly popular Stanley tumblers. They're back in the spotlight, though, this time over claims they could pose a lead poisoning risk. This morning, the company is responding. Emily Aketa with the story. Hi, Em. Hey, good morning. You recognize these cups, the hip trendy cup that has had some people camping outside of stores to get their hands on it. Well, now it's back dominating the conversation on social media again over concerns regarding lead. Coming up, what you need to know from experts and the company. All right, and thank you. Plus, on our countdown to the Super Bowl, we're focusing on the ads you'll be seeing, a lot of them set to target a new, younger female audience. A close, wonder why, a closer look at what, or should we say who's influencing this. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is 
constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's what Olympic royalty looks like. Here they are, your gold medal winning figure skating team from the 2022 Winter Olympics. It took a while to get things sorted out. Two years later, they're getting their moment. They're getting their gold medal. We are going to celebrate with them live in Studio 1A. Our first gold, as you said, of 2024. Yes. The best part is, Hoda, you can hug them now. And, and no one was saying you could. Oh, because we could. Yeah, they were. We weren't allowed. Yeah, the, the Olympic Committee Put banned Hoda hugging during COVID. It was a no no. No no. Uh, first up this half hour, though, we were talking about one of, not one of, the most popular cup on the planet right that, now. That's right. Those trendy Stanley tumblers, they're back in the spotlight. This time, though, over concerns they could pose a lead poisoning risk. This morning, the company's pushing back, though. NBC's Emily Aketa is here with that story. Hi, Emily. Hi, guys. Good morning to you. And the same way social media influencers fuel demand for the Stanley Quencher Cup, now alarm bells are ringing on TikTok and Instagram over whether the lead sealed inside those cups makes them unsafe. Just weeks after social media helped make the Stanley Quencher Cup the must-have accessory of the season, this morning a wave of TikTokers are testing them for lead and even throwing out the pricey status symbols. The company says its products are safe, explaining on its website that it uses an industry standard pellet to seal the vacuum insulation and the sealing material includes some lead, but it's covered with a durable stainless steel layer, making it inaccessible to consumers. The controversy threatening to slow the momentum Stanley has built with female consumers and influencers. If the green bottle is dad, well, the quencher is his daughter. It's some kind of tough thermos bump. The brand, once associated with macho blue-collar workers, is now a $750 million a year juggernaut beloved by women. A phenomenon SNL recently played up for laughs and even referenced the controversy. So how concerned should you be? There really is practically zero risk of you ingesting any of the lead that's in this cup. Lead exposure expert Jack Caravano says while people shouldn't worry, he's disappointed the company chose to use any amount of lead in its products. We pretty much have stopped using lead in just about every product out there. Stanley also tells NBC News its engineering and supply chain teams are making progress on innovative alternative materials for use in the sealing process, while competitor Hydroflask posting to advertise its bottles as lead-free, writing, We chose this path because we aimed for a higher standard, a new front in the water bottle battle as Stanley seeks to reassure its customers. All right, so this is what we're talking about here, this circular nickel-sized piece here. If this comes off, that then exposes the lead. The company says that is extremely rare, but if it does happen to you, you can always take advantage of the lifetime warranty. 
Okay. okay, so people are using at-home test kits on yeah. this now? Yeah, they are. And, and experts are cautioning that they aren't super accurate. And while it could be a good first step, laboratory testing is really the thing that's going to get you the most accurate results in terms of identifying, is there lead on this product or is there some kind of harmful substance on this product? Of course, if you are concerned, a good place to start is the Consumer Product Safety Commission. You got two Stanleys, huh? I got two Stanleys, yep. Yeah. Don't walk down the street. A <laughs> gang of marauding tweens will come after you. Wait here, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. E. Still ahead, some uh, dramatic new video at the first of its kind trial of a mother whose son carried out a school shooting. Her reaction to police just hours after that tragedy as prosecutors prepare to wrap up the case. But up next, the Taylor Swift effect now changing the game when it comes to Super Bowl commercials. Vicki is here with the trend that you'll notice during the big game. Hey, Vic. Hey, good morning, guys. We know with the Super Bowl, you come for the football, but you stay for the ads and the snacks in some cases. This morning, I'm going to give you a first look at the new ads and how the Taylor Swift effect is playing big in the arena. That's next right here on Today. Hey, guys. Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine, to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, 738, countdown to the Super Bowl. Just 11 days to go until the Chiefs and the Niners battle it out in Vegas. It could end up being the most watched game ever. And, of course, a lot of folks just tune in for the commercial. That's right. A number of the most highly anticipated ads will be catered toward women more than ever before. NBC's Vicki Wynn joins us with a closer look at this trend. Hey, Vic. Hi. Good morning, Hoda. Savannah Craig, good morning to you at home. Unless you are living in a man cave, you already know about the Taylor Swift effect on this and on the NFL this season. In the past, the league's commissioner has said that women make up just under half of the fan base, but that number is growing rapidly. And now companies, they're hoping to cash in on this new and younger audience of female fans. An iconic Super Bowl ad can attract just as much attention from fans as the big game itself. And this year, new fans are watching. What are you seeing that's going to be different about the Super Bowl this year? Well, Vicky, there's one favorite fan that is really changing the NFL pretty materially in Taylor Swift. We're seeing a real battle royale coming for the female audience of the Super Bowl this year for the first time. Women and girls make up about 46% of the NFL's fan base. And thanks to the Taylor Swift effect, the number of teen girls watching regular season games increased by more than 8%. 
After the Chiefs punch their ticket to the Super Bowl, Swifties are hoping to see the pop superstar in the stands supporting her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. But the big game is just one day after her Eras Tour concert in Tokyo. Her fans also happen to be the target audience for companies like Nick's Professional Makeup, set to make its Super Bowl debut this year. It's joining Elf Cosmetics, which returns to the Super Bowl after airing its first ever commercial during the big game last year. What was the return on your investment in that Super Bowl ad? We had not only roaring positivity from our fans, we saw a massive surge in sales. Dove will air an ad for the first time in 18 years, with a spot focusing on body confidence and girls in sports. Some brands tapping into Gen Z icons like Doritos with Wednesday star Jenna Ortega. Nerds Candy's inaugural ad featuring TikTok phenom Addison Ray, And Pepsi teaming up with rapper and Swift collaborator Ice Spice. Barbie actress Kate McKinnon part of a new Hellman spot with comedian Pete Davidson and a Kitty co-star. This year, a 30-second ad in the big game reportedly runs for $7 million. What makes a Super Bowl ad special and memorable? Brands are putting a lot of money behind this. They want to see moments go viral. They also want these spots to have longevity. No, we don't eat our own supply. A Breaking Bad parody in last year's Super Bowl ad helped give Frito-Lay's Popcorners brand an increase in demand. And it propelled massive buzz for the farmer's dog with the pet food company's emotional commercial even earning an Emmy nomination. Come Super Bowl Sunday, it may be men playing on the field, but for fans watching at home, brands are betting the future is female. Okay, this is going to be very, very cool. All right, we saw some famous faces yeah. who are in some of the ads. Any more that you know about? Any well, well, it's kind of interesting, the ones that are sitting it yeah. out, Hoda. Oh. Ford, GM, and Stellantis will not be advertising wow. this year. They're cutting back on ad spending. You'll still see car ads from Kia and Volkswagen. But the one to keep your eye on is DoorDash this yeah. year. Adweek is saying they are going to do a sweepstakes where they give away every single item that is featured in a national Super Bowl ad. So everything from fried chicken to mayonnaise right. to a car that will be delivered wow. to one Wait, lucky winner's home. That's pretty clever. So you have to enter the sweepstakes. It starts when the game starts. And then you, there's some sort of promo code they're going to show, and you have to enter it exactly correctly. And then there's a drawing. So it's not easy, but it's worth it. You get every it's single thing. Like five dozen items. You either get a car or a bag of Cheetos. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, or all of them. You get all of them. You get all of it. One person gets it all. All the things. Yes. All the things. Yeah, yeah. You get cool. Vicky. I like it. Car plus Cheetos. I love it. Thank you, Vicky. I wish they would bring back the Clydesdale. Ooh. If you could win a Clydesdale. There you go. That's right. Being ridden by Taylor Swift. <laughs> wow, unbelievable. Always comes back to Taylor. Okay, so how cloudy has it felt here in New York City and the Northeast? Well, guess what? The continuous daytime overcast since 9 a.m. last Tuesday. We've had eight consecutive days without sunshine here in New York and much of the Northeast. There could be a few breaks of uh, sun possibly today. I'm not even that optimistic. But the one thing I am optimistic about, the temperatures way above normal for a good chunk of the country. Boise, Idaho, you're going to be at 63 degrees. Santa Fe, 51. Minneapolis, 29 degrees above average at 54. St. Louis, 53 degrees. Tomorrow, that warmth moves east. 55. Double nickels in Washington, D.C. Little Rock will see a 10-degree bump at 62. But then we kind of fall back to earth later this weekend. It'll be in the low 50s to mid-50s in Richmond. Low 40s in New York City. Mid 
50s into Atlanta by the weekend. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Sal. Still ahead, Miss Hoda has a morning boost to share. Plus, stars of Broadway and Hollywood paying tribute to the legendary Cheetah Rivera. We will look back at her pioneering career right after this. We're back here with Carson. Good to see Carson as we turn to the loss of a Broadway icon. Yeah, good morning, guys. Cheetah Rivera lit up the stage for decades, originating leading roles in West Side Story and Chicago. NBC Entertainment correspondent Chloe Malas is here with a look back at her legendary career. Good morning, Chloe. It truly was legendary. Cheetah Rivera was truly Broadway royalty, nominated for 10 Tony Awards and winning three. And she kept performing into her 80s, breaking barriers for Latina performers every step of the way. This morning, tributes pouring in for Cheetah Rivera, honoring the indelible mark she made on the American musical from West Side Story to Chicago. Born in Washington, D.C. in 1933, she told Al she always felt her calling was the stage. Once a dancer, always a dancer. Fortunately, I came along at a wonderful time and I was able to do some pretty phenomenal shows. In electrifying triple threat, dancing, acting, and singing her way into the very history of Broadway, originating the iconic roles of Anita and West Side Story, Rose and Bye Bye Birdie, and Velma Kelly in Chicago. A meteoric run paused by a devastating car crash that required 16 pins to fix a broken leg, but it couldn't keep Rivera from the stage for long. She worked on Broadway for decades more. One of her co-stars, Will Chase, remembered Rivera stealing the show at nearly 80 years old, on and off the stage. She was very mischievous. She had a little twinkle in her eye. Rivera garnered a record 10 Tony nominations and won twice for Best Actress. The first Hispanic American woman to receive a Kennedy Center honor. She also earned a Tony Lifetime Achievement Award. I wouldn't trade my life in the theater for anything as a theater is life. And the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Rivera's daughter said she passed away on Tuesday after a brief illness. She was 91 years old. Her legacy honored by Broadway stars like Kristen Chenoweth and Laura Benanti, who said she inspired them. Lin-Manuel Miranda calling her the trailblazer for Puerto Rico on Broadway. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, who reprised Rivera's Velma Kelly on the big screen, writing on Instagram, there will never, ever be anyone like you, Cheetah. Cheetah Rivera's long-spanning career rarely slowed down. When she wasn't booked on a stage, she'd often fill her time with international cabaret performances and TV and movie roles, most recently appearing in a Netflix film in 2021. Truly a spirit who belonged in the spotlight. Wow, and now you had a chance to talk with her, didn't you? Just just this bright light Mm -hmm. and, you know, just was never going to slow down. She wasn't retiring. And she just really made such a difference on stage, screen, everywhere she went because she had purpose and she was a great ambassador as well. Beautiful. Really nice tribute, Chloe. Thank you for that. Thanks, Chloe. Thank you. Well, just ahead, guys, a gold medal, two years and a lifetime of training all in the making for Team USA's figure skating team. We are so honored to have these history makers with us here live. We are ready to celebrate. We look good in that gear. Better late than never. Not as good as they do.